Hello, hello. We yeah. are sharing out. I'm hoping people come in. I know it's early. But we are here for our first company show with Miss Denise, our special guest, and Samuel. Um, they both, coincident, are in Florida. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, get their intakes on Samuel's report from two different um, perspectives. So, Sam, you want to start with your question, and then we will continue. Well, my two questions, well, obviously, towards you, Miss Denise, and thank you. What's the moment that changed you during an investigation, altered your perception, everything, the biggest moment? In general investigation or something specific? I guess like, something like it, it changed you entirely. I guess specific. Um, there have been many things that have really stood out, um, probably too many to mention in this time frame. but, um, I would say that, um, a lot of the things that we're going to touch on here, probably the cemetery situations have really been profound. And I was actually just talking to somebody about that today in reference to a location here in our area. So I would say that stands out the most to me. Can you go more in detail about um, that? You know, I, it's, it's crazy because cemeteries are a place of rest. You know, this is where dead people go. This is where families put their, their, you know, family members. You would think, well, why would a cemetery um, have a haunting or, or have an issue? I think it, it just goes and coincides with, um, you know, what happens there after the fact, what people do there, maybe, um, if that makes any sense, you know, what people that are living do there after the fact. And there seems to be a lot of that. Um, they go into cemeteries, they, they do rituals, they do different things. And it's just a whole thing. I feel like it just conjures up a lot of um, negative energy. You know, some of my most negative experiences have actually taken place in a place of rest. It's crazy. Um, and we've had that here in our town to the point where this particular cemetery that we have, um, even local police officers don't want to go there, you know, at night because of things that have been reported or things that have happened. Um, mischievous behavior um, that they can't explain, you know, things that have occurred that can't be explained. Um, so as a paranormal investigator, sure, I, I've gone out there with a team and we've, you know, checked things out and everything and I still can't explain <laughs> what's yeah. happening there. If that makes any sense. I mean, don't know where it's coming from and don't know why. So, yeah, I would say some of the most profound catch you off guard, not sure things to happen in cemeteries. That I do agree <laughs> that I do. It's crazy, but it's happened to me. I don't know about anybody else, but yeah, definitely. It's, it's happened uh, to me a few times here in Maryland. Um, I was, my daughter has the same abilities I do. And she uh, wants to learn. And I felt the most calm place to learn was a cemetery because it's the mm -hmm. place of rest. Not at all that case no. at all. <laughs> Tends to be very active and anybody with gifts or anyone that is sensitive. And I myself am, or I wouldn't be doing this, um, you know, definitely a more heightened awareness and just very oddly how 
how this happens. And as this program continues tonight, it will shed more light on how profound that really is. Oh yeah, absolutely. So Sam, what's your second question? Uh, Like I said, uh, this is my second one. What is the moment that gave you the most sense of pride you've ever had during an investigation? Well, I'm currently dealing with, um, a case that, you know, has all the earmarkings of potentially something a little bit more menacing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually gotten to the point now where it's involving the church. Um, Depending on how long you've been doing this or how many cases you've had, church does not get involved in every one of these cases. And there's certainly a lot of work to be done in order to get it to that point, because you have to have a tremendous amount of evidence or proof that there's actually something happening. This case has by far taken everything to a whole other level. And we're actually going back to it on Saturday to um, finish up the information, to to forward that to the church, to make sure that when they send the demonologist out, um, that he has everything he needs to move forward with what they need to do. Um, I can tell you that from the minute you walk in the door, in this, it comes across uh, like there's nothing going on. As soon as I step foot in there and I place a piece of equipment on the floor, um, it's almost like it comes right out to introduce itself. Um, wow. It's an immediate okay. backlash and almost like a slap in the face kind of deal. Um, and then from there, it just goes wild. Um, one extreme to the other. Wow. Um Case in point, this is crazy, but um, if you sit at the kitchen table, which is round, oval shape, you can put a K2 meter on the table and you don't even have to do anything from there. It's like everything just starts communicating with you at the table. Um, When we first went into the home, we, we asked the homeowner after we figured out a few things that maybe they should get rid of the furniture that was in there because it was left behind. And I've been no, dealing gotcha. with local, yeah, I've been dealing with local police and everything just to try to find out if something happened there that can say anything like a murder or anything, nothing, no. but there is a cemetery right across the street. Um, uh, I do don't think, think yeah, well, I don't know because, uh, you know, this was a family cemetery, you know, the, the guy was a doctor and this town goes way back to the early 1800s. I mean, I, I would not say that there was anything there but it might have something to do with prior tenants that lived in this home um, and what they did that might've opened up doors and left things behind. And, and that's where we are right now, but um, it has taken its toll on the health of the homeowner. Um, It changes the personalities of the people that are in there. Um, The animals act adversely, especially the dog very Mm -hmm. outwardly. And um, it makes you just wonder, we've got recordings that are, Um, pretty outrageous. We have one that was presented to the church and it says, fear the prince. So the priest's question is fear of the prince Prince or the prince of darkness. What are we, what are we fearing here? Yeah. What should we, what should we be concerned with in this? Um, We have some images that we're going to post this weekend after our investigation that we're just holding back right now. We're going to put them on YouTube, Um, but a full, full body. Um, comes right into camera. Um, it's solid white and it's very identifiable as far as 
it looks like a male. Um, mm-hmm. Really crazy stuff. Um, but the the responses and all of the equipment, the meters, um, the recordings, you know, I do a lot of the ask the questions and do the playback because you can't hear it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You have yeah. to ask and then wait and then go back and listen and see like if you the, caught like it. A Some of the responses are just like, whoa. Wow. Yeah. Really crazy. So yeah, this, this particular residence is very um, tricky. And I, I think once we leave this home this weekend, this will be it for us because once they step in, there's no turning back, you know, they okay. step in. Exactly. They're, they're not going to give the family an exorcism, but they may do something to the home or the property. And then you okay. don't want to go back in and reopen and rehash. No. You have no. to walk away. Exactly. You got to let it all settle best. down and calm. Right. And hope for the best. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Very nice. So did you want to talk about your team and how you guys started and met? Well, um, believe it or not, whether I look old enough to say this or not, I don't know, but I started doing all this paranormal stuff well over 20 years ago and I was just solo. It was me. As time went on, my children, I have two daughters, um, they were very young, but both have gifts of their own in their own way. Um, and they got involved and helped me out. Um, I used to call them the back watchers. They didn't do a good job all the time, but they tried. Um, And then as time went on in 2004, I moved to Tallahassee when I left South Florida. Um, I started thinking about the whole idea of starting a team and then going from there. So in 2010, um, I was still living there and I had a team. I started it. The team has fluctuated over the years as far as the amount of people that we had. Um, You know, I went from having eight members down to where we are now, four members, um, which is fine because it really does work better for us to have less. Less is better for sure on the cases, not as much energy and activity. So there are um, four of us. There's LaDonna, and she is a um, second lead investigator. There's Chris, and there's my husband, Cliff. Um, and we all work together, um, as this group that is paranormal investigators of North Florida. Um, and so I've just been doing it forever. And, uh, most of our investigations and cases are in-home investigations and we investigate anywhere in Florida if called and we have gone into Georgia. So, you know, I'm not traveling and going any further at this time because of many reasons, you know, we all went through COVID and then now the gas and all that good stuff. But I figure my home base is here, you know, and if I get cases that I can't deal with, then I call other people in other places and try to hook them up in and their states where they're at. Absolutely. Right. So that's nice. really how it all got started in it. And it really started like from a young age with me. A lot of it was, um, I guess my mother thought that um, I had an imaginary playmate. She used to refer to him as Davy Jones from the monkeys. I'm like, seriously, like you really think it's Davy Jones, huh? And we laugh about that now because she knows better. It's not Davy Jones. Um, but it was later identified to me um, over time and through a really well-known psychic. His name was Tony Grosso. 
And he worked out of Hallandale in Hallandale, Florida. And he met up with me one day. He said, you know, you got something. Don't turn it away. Just accept it. And um, he told me I had a spirit guide. And he strongly suggested that I learn how to communicate with the guide. And so I identify her as the name Agnes. And um, as we get into this a little bit more, you know, I'm writing a book. So she will be mentioned in the book. Um, and she's just, she's my guide. I mean, that's, um, I don't know. She and I kind of, I guess we work together. Sort of. Oh, yeah. It's, it's always good to have a guide <laughs> kind of help you out there. Um, yeah. And my mother you, asked me, like, how'd you come up with Agnes? I'm like, I didn't come up with Agnes. That's the name did. that was presented to me. Yep. It like wasn't Davy Jones. It was Agnes. And we just laugh about that. Early 20th yeah. century. Early 20th century with the name Agnes. That's normally, that was pretty common, depending on your geography. But that was pretty common back in those days. And it's funny that you should say that because as I was doing the research um, for my book, which is mostly going to be my cases, um, I went to research the name Agnes. And it really dates back to a really early time. Um, talks heavily about the Catholic religion and different things. And I was pretty taken back by it, you know, and I, I actually met up with an Indian shaman one time and I said to him, you know, how come it wasn't an Indian guide? And how did I get Agnes? He's like, never question where this comes from. If it's given yeah. to you, you accept it and you deal with it. <coughs> Do you so ever wonder if your guide is like an ancestor or something? You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I never gave that any thought um, if, if it was or wasn't. I just know that the way it was presented to me, it was weird how it came about. I mean, because, you know, children talk to themselves sometimes when they're young and they play. But for me, I wasn't really talking to myself. It was almost like I can hear somebody talking back to me. So if you ever watch any of our video, I'm the one talking to spirit. Somebody asked me just the other day, well, how do you know they're talking back to you? Because I can hear that. Right. It, you know, it's weird. I hear it. So mm -hmm. if I hear it, that's how I know. Um, and then sometimes you need the help of a recorder because you don't hear everything. Sometimes yeah. it comes across as a very muted or static. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know what I'm I saying. Yeah. Um, so it's not always exactly like you and I are talking. But you just know because there's a, there's a different vibration and a different feeling in the room for sure. Oh yeah, so you can definitely tell the difference when uh, something else is there. Um, you know, and I never really like, thought I would talk openly about this on any platform like this. But you know what? A lot of people have asked the question, "What really got you here?" Might as well be truthful. Why not? Right. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> just like my mother just said, and uh, that's Aunt Riri in here. Uh, she mentioned that my daughter, Rosie, and her little spirit friend, Margaret. Well, that's a funny story because she's been begging. She's got a little seven-year-old, I'm going She begged for the longest time to go uh, with us on an investigation. With her being so young, I said right. that. Okay. Um, but we went to Ocean City, the old drive-in. 
and it was during the day, just just a fun little exploring. And went and saw the big screen and everything. And we wound up leaving. Everything was fine. We all had a good time. And then the day after, I noticed something was different. And so did my husband. Well, my daughter decided, you know, she's got the abilities I do. She's young. So she's like a sponge at the moment. Learning. And she picked up this little girl, Margaret, that attached to her. And she's been with us ever since. Yep. And that's pretty much how it happens. And, you know, like even with clients, when you go to their homes, you know, they've got attachments um, and they don't realize what's in their homes or they don't know where it came from. Um, Some paranormal investigators believe in portals. Some don't. Um, Some believe in attachments. Some don't. Some believe in orbs. Some don't. It's to each his own on that, Um, because I call this paranormal research. You're always learning. Um, there's always trial and error and there's room for mistake. Um, and I try to do as much insight or history searching before I actually get into it. And there are cases that I've refused because I simply know from the very beginning, there's nothing to them. Um, I have had a case in Palm beach County that was strictly an attachment based on someone going to a flea market and bringing home stuff. Um, I almost got attacked. I almost got attacked by a pit bull that day. Um, in their home because the dog went nuts and um, he was basically coming right at me and I was backing down the hallway. And as I got to the very back of the hallway, my oldest child at the time was sitting there just horrified, like, Oh my God, my mother's going to get attacked. And within two seconds, um, the door flung open in this house and it slammed and the dog went from drooling and wanting to attack me to falling on the floor and whimpering. And I immediately turned around and I looked over at this chair that was sitting there and I asked them, I'm like, you know, you've told me everything that's happened here. And I believe you after what just happened to me. I'm like, but where did you get that chair? And she's like, we picked that up at the flea market. Dog would never go near the chair. And they knew that they had a problem with that. She took the chair and she threw it out the door. They never had another issue. But come to find out about six months after all that happened, they did move out of the house because they started getting reoccurring activity. Um, so, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things. And um, as far as the guides and all of that, I mean, it is what it is, you know, mm-hmm. and I believe they're there to protect you. So oh, I believe it, you know, if your daughter's got something like that going on, then it's, it's a protection for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. we've already talked to little Margaret, and she did give us one scare. We went to a uh, uh, place, Fort Howard. No, okay. Fort Howard, and we were going during the day. They got a playground and the big guns and whatnot. Just It's a war thing. So we wound up going there, but on the way, she likes to take naps. So I was like, all right, cool. She's young. She's going to take a cat nap on the way. She would not wake up. Wow. She would not wake up. I kept hollering, Rosie, Rosie. Well, Rosie was no Rosie. It was Margaret that took over Rosie. Because I wound up hollering, Margaret. And she was, huh? What? And I was like, I started screaming. I was like, no, 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 no. This is not okay. Ah, no, no, no. Yeah, so, it's not okay. You know? No. 
Yeah, but look at it this way. I, I don't know if you agree, and I'm sure you probably will. Um, you know, whenever there's a situation, even like the case we're dealing with that I just discussed with you, um, usually, I mean, let's face it, they're dead. Mm-hmm. They're really not in the physical world anymore, but their energy is. And so they're looking for a vessel. Oh, yeah. And that's where you get that real deep attachment where people wind up saying that they get sleep paralysis and they feel like things are trying to get in and do things to them. Um, and I don't make this stuff up because there's shows out there like The Haunting and everything else, and they, they hone in on that. They specify, you know, the sleep paralysis, the incubus, and all these things that can happen. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's real stuff. I mean, you know, a real heavy attachment or something that gets really too close and a child is very innocent. Um, you know, it's all, they're always looking for a vessel and then there's a way to keep them at bay to keep them from doing things like that. And that is boundaries and knowing your limit. And then if you're doing this and you'd like to do research and you'd like to be an investigator, you need to learn how to protect yourself, you know, cause it's, Oh yeah. It's real. And I've seen people have serious problems. And honestly, I'll be, I'll be straight with you. We, we don't claim to know everything. And I try to stay away from cases that um, go over the top in the demonic end of things, because I don't feel like that's my real area of expertise where I want to deal with that so much. Um, we'll go out there and get a baseline on it. Like we've done with this. And if we feel that it's something more serious, I hand it over to other people. I have a demonologist that I work with that's out of Ottawa, Canada, and we do a lot of things like this, um, you know, that we can talk. But he can't get here. You know what I'm saying? So find people that are truly qualified because everybody says they can do it. But what if they really can do it? And you got a problem. Exactly. um, I know Tom asked if he can ask the question, so I'm waiting for that. If anybody else in the chat has a question, um, Go ahead and throw it out there. Put it in the chat and I'll read it off. Um, you want to give a little light on uh, how, how did you start writing your books? When did you start doing that? Um, I'm already published. So mm-hmm. my first book published in 2009. Um, I published a couple years later and then a few years after that. Um, believe it or not, um, each of my books that I've wrote, they are different genres altogether. Um this whole thing with the paranormal, I kept saying, this will be my last book. This will be my last book, but (laughs) I have to back up because there's another grandchild that I have to write a book for. I've been asked to do a continuation of the previous children's book. And then they want me to finish another cookbook. It's like, you know what? I don't got time for all this, but my heart was into um, wanting to really put my legacy, my work, um, everything into the, this book, which would be solely based on um, all of my experiences through the last 20 something years, including my cases um, from wherever I've been throughout my journey, talking Mm -hmm. about Agnes and the whole nine yards. Um, But like I said, I'm already published um, three times. So this is just another, another book. And, oh, okay. and that's what really just made me decide to go for it. I've been asked to do it by many people. They're like, you know, why don't you just on your next book? Why don't you just do this? So I'm working on it um, halfway there. Very halfway nice. there. And if people are looking for your books, where can they find it? Um, when the parent, well, if you're looking for any of my books right now, they're available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, um, 
anywhere books are sold, um, Google Play Store, um, any Android app, any iPhone app, um, walmart.com, everything. All you got to do is put my full name in and you'll find my books. You'll find everything about me all over the internet. Um, it would just have to be my full name because like I said, the cookbook, it was let's eat and there's a million books out there. Let's eat. So you got to put my name in. And then, uh, the other two children's books are the story of the day you were born and the adventures of Willow spider and friends. Um, that particular book is actually in studio getting ready to become an audio book. So I am waiting for them to get back to me on that so that the adventures of Willow spider and friends will go audio. And as far as the paranormal, we might try to go audio with that too. I think that would be really cool to have it in studio and have it professionally read. Um, It just depends on how big the book is because I'm not trying to write a novel, but then every time I look back to how many more cases I have to write about, Mm -hmm. they just keep getting added into the fold. So I have to draw the line somewhere. I'll be writing until I'm a (laughs) hundred. I don't want to do that. I want to publish it. Yeah. And I just, you know, the only thing I'm hung up on, a lot of people are probably wondering, well, what's the name of the book? Yeah, that's, that's, some, that's some Anne Rice stuff. I don't know what <laughs> now to you name find it, that. so I don't know what to name it. I'm all over the fence with it. I, I have not come up with a, a name. Not yet. Oh, it, it will eventually come. Um, I was going to put your YouTube in here, but I can't seem to find the link in our chat. That people can follow you over there. It's under Paranormal Investigators of North Florida, and it should be up there. I mean, you should find it. It's in our chat somewhere. There you go. (laughs) Um, Sam, do you have any more questions? I did put your full name in the chat. So if anybody is looking to check your books out, it's there. I do highly recommend it. I did, and they are some pretty nice books. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And as soon as I find your, uh, or you can put the link in the chat as well. Oh, no. As soon as I said it, I found it. Paranormal Investigators of North Florida. Mm -hmm. There we go. Any other questions, Samuel? What is the funniest moment you had during an investigation? The fun. (laughs) Oh, well, um, I don't know if you would call this funny, but for me it is. And if she's watching, she's not going to laugh about it, but we were doing a case in Tallahassee and, um, it was at a residence that, you know, I've had a lot of issues at. So, um, my team member, LaDonna, um, she, uh, she's a hoot. Uh, I, if I didn't have her, we would never laugh, but we do because she always finds a way between her and my husband. It's like a comedy hour before we get to a case. And then I have to be like the school teacher to get everybody in order because if not, we're a hot mess by the time we get there. But, um, we were on this case and they were setting up cameras in the house. So there was an armoire and similar to this case behind me and it had a lip on it. So it had like a wide ledge where the camera could sit stationary, but not go anywhere, you know, just do its thing. So we thought, and, um, we have it on our page somewhere on Facebook. I didn't put it on YouTube or anything. Cause there's a lot of, um, you can't hear anything in the background, 
But uh, we're all standing there and we're doing our thing. And all of a sudden there is this loud bam and the camera goes airborne and it almost hits her like in the head. Like it's just inches away. Wow. That is not funny. But the reaction on her face was priceless. She just did this. Did you guys see that? You got that on film? Did you catch that? And it was the way she did it. I swear, it took everybody about 20 minutes to get their composure back together. Um, if we if we didn't capture enough evidence before the camera went airborne, we probably lost the rest of it that night because even the spirits were probably like, these people don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, it, it was hysterical. <laughs> it was hysterical. Her reaction was priceless. And I told her, I said, the next time we do stuff like this, you know, like keep your body out of the way of the camera. Um, we've had a couple other incidences too, um, that, you know, were blooper moments. I think you can call them, but that one with LaDonna was just, you couldn't have rehearsed that any better. It was just a natural thing. It's like spirit was like, you know what, lady, I'm going to show you that I'm here and we're going to see how you react. And she reacted. She reacted. Apparently really good. Yeah, really (laughs) good. And there was no faking it. She was like, oh, my God, I almost got killed by the camera. (laughs) That'd be one hell of a story to say on the the afterlife. You think about it. I almost got I got killed by a camera. What else can I say? Right? I'm here because I was paranormal investigating and a camera, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We like having her here, though, so we're going to try not to let that happen again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. But that's all I can think of for the moment. I'll probably think of something else whenever it's too late. (laughs) So jumping into uh, Casadega, um, do you have any experiences or... (coughs) Any, have you investigated there? Well, to be honest with you, I think this is how Samuel and I kind of connected is through the Mm. conversation regarding uh, Casadega somewhere on Facebook. And we were all in an area answering questions on this. And everyone has a difference of opinion regarding um, Casadega. For me personally, I think it's a, if you're talking about the spiritual community itself, I think it's a vortex without a doubt. And if you have any gifts at all, you're completely energized and illuminated when you walk in there because people were just attracted and following me around. And I didn't even know why I met a couple of my own clients there um, because of it. Um, One in particular, and I won't mention her name here, but um, yeah, that was pretty interesting. But going back to the cemetery there, um, and the devil's chair and all of that. Um, I was there one day, not with my team. I had gone into the Delan area to visit. Um, but I'm never on just a visit. I'm always doing something when I'm gone. And it was my husband and a friend and myself and his girlfriend. We were out there in the cemetery. And for some reason, the two of them wandered off, or at least so I thought they did. But they just suddenly became very far from where I was standing. I suddenly found myself standing there alone, and it kind of felt really eerie. So I took my phone, and I just started 
you know, filming around me to see what was going on. And then all of a sudden I look and I, I see the chair, you know, in, in my head, I'm thinking about what was said to me by somebody who was with us beforehand. When I said that I might want to see what this looks like, he says, Oh, I've seen pictures of it. It looks like a barbecue grill. Like it's not a barbecue grill. So, um, when I honed in on it, I was by myself. And as I walked closer to it, I kind of became a little bit more resistant. Like I Mm -hmm. didn't want to go that close and I didn't want to touch it. I didn't want to get near it. And again, people are very skeptical. Some people say, oh, there's nothing. You guys are crazy. And then some people say they've had experiences. So I got close enough where I could get a picture. And um, I was taking pictures of some of the headstones and stuff in there. And then all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, you know, I caught a glimpse of like a very dark, solid, you know, shadow, just like going past me. And it was almost like, you know, it was almost like a, a warning not to go any closer, you know, stay away from that. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to get closer to it. I wanted to get close enough to get better pictures of it. But there was just something there that was telling me, no. You know, don't go any further. And so I listened to that, but I felt a little off, if that makes any sense. Because as Mm -hmm. I was walking away from it, I found myself standing there and I felt a little nauseous and I felt a little lightheaded. I didn't quite feel myself for just a few minutes. And then I started looking for my, my group, the people that I came with. And the next thing I know, they're like all the way on the other side. So as I was walking away from the spot, I still kind of felt a pull to go back, but I just continued to walk away. Uh I I never really put two and two together and I never, ever questioned why did that happen? You know, I wasn't out there investigating, but the whole scene just fell off to me and I just wasn't comfortable about it. And that was really my one experience there. And I have um, stated that I'm going to go back because my team would like to go as a full team. But, um, you know, I did hear of a story, and I think I shared this with you guys already. I can't confirm it to be true or not, but um, I had heard that, you know, there were some children that were out there, and they were jumping around on this thing, playing in that area, and their family was from out of state. They were visiting the location. Um, Three days later, they left to go home, and they were in a car accident. And these children were, uh, yeah, yeah, not good in the car yeah. accident. Did it have anything to do with that? I can't say. You know, there's a lot of people that go through that area between the I-4 corridor, between Orlando, Daytona, Deland, St. Augustine. Um, because let's face it, St. Augustine is crazy too. There's all kinds of stuff there. So, I mean, oh, yeah. if, you're, if you're looking for action florida's got it you know it's everywhere (laughs) i i definitely believe it we've done research but you know the the whole cemetery um situation and all that uh, there's no doubt in my mind that there's stuff lingering there Mm -hmm. some some place you can go to in deland it's no big deal and then there's the surrounding deland area and everything if you were to i do have an instagram account and everything. If you're to take a look at the stuff that I have on there, um, you'll find some interesting stuff. There's a place called Lake Helen. And Lake Helen, 
I went over there and me and a friend, wonderful person, over the top, one of the best friends I've ever had. Uh, we go in there and we start, uh, she starts shooting pictures and we're sitting there looking at this and that. And then um, I start shooting pictures. And if you ever see my Facebook and everything, you're going to see this illuminated tree. It looked like lightning hit it and just hardcore hit it. It's yellow, yellow, white, and all kinds of things. Uh, one second later, I take another one, not a peep, nothing else. And that's like a dime a dozen story whenever you're in central Florida, depending right. on your geography. But you can sit there and you can look at other things. Like I've already, if you guys are interested one day, uh, not one day, uh, Linda has a bunch of pictures I took of Casadega at night. I took the night tour. And the night tour was hardcore, like, wow. And mm -hmm. orbs and this and that. And then That's actually you know, going to be the ending video here. And then there's and there's one I should have shown you, Mr. Denise, but uh, there's one I took a, uh, at a cemetery. I took this one at. And it had this pinnacle. It also had a, it had a pinnacle, a German eagle, and also a guild and a guild mason uh, symbol on it, and it said from the press he was an elder in the Presbyterian Church. Mm -hmm. All that on one headstone, and I started thinking, I would have loved to have freaking coffee with this guy and pick his brain. Right? Yeah, mm -hmm. interesting. And it's funny that you should mention the the orb situation even at night there. Um, again, some people believe they don't, whatever, to each his own. But I did see um, something there as well. Aside from the black shadow, I noticed that there was something, and I, I have a picture of it somewhere, um, but it was solid. I mean, like solid. And I don't want to hear it was a bug. And it, it was nothing like that. This is broad daylight. You could see it with your eye. And it just moved ever so slowly and then it just was gone you know and i thought to myself wow you know that's some serious energy if that's what that is um a lot of people say can you see orbs in the day or can you see stuff like that uh we did a case um here in uh our area and it was out at rosewood if anybody's familiar with rosewood there's a full documentary of it it's all over the internet and everything but um, we have a photo um, where it's just sunlight coming down and you can see it sitting right there and oh, it was wow. captured on camera and it was just staring right at us, just sitting there. So I believe, yes, they can be seen during the day um, if, if they're authentic and what else could it be? I mean, I know what a dragonfly looks like, so definitely wasn't a dragonfly, but yeah. Um, I've, I've witnessed something like that out at that devil's chair. And I don't know, Samuel, if you can, you know, confirm that circumstance there, but I mean, it's definitely, it creeped me out and I didn't like it. So I wasn't about well, to go sit in the chair. Well, I've, I've got one friend of mine, a wonderful, wonderful person over the top. I love her half to death, like a little sister. Um, and I was telling people, I've told people in the past, don't ever say, if somebody decides to talk about things, I tell them never to sit in a chair and this and that. 
Well, my friend, before she met me, wonderful person, made a bad bad call and sat in it like she was having the greatest time on earth and everything. And according to legend, depending on your point of view or what you've heard, you whenever you sit in it, you get a minor miracle, a very minor miracle. But the thing is, it's, it's uh, according to legend, it's an, it takes your soul and everything. Now back to too. what, yeah. Well, whenever she sat down in it, she had a good time in this and that. People photographing her. Literally two months later, she starts having tons of health problems, tons and over the top tons of health problems. I'm going to give her uh, some amount of privacy, but so many of these problems she has were never apparent before she sat in the chair. Um, one bad stroke of luck after the next, after the next, it just doesn't stop. I heard about one guy, he was in a nasty car accident, such a nasty car accident, it, uh, it brutally chopped off his leg, literally yeah. from the shin itself, cut off his leg. They had to over, they had to dramatically uh, subdue him uh with, I can't remember the medication, but they put him out. Um, like I said, all that was left of it, of that part of his leg was skin that was holding the bone and the muscle. That's mm. how bad, that's how bad it was. And mm. over and over again, over and over again, you hear about this stuff and people sitting in it. That's like what now, I said about the children, you know? Mm. I, I cannot recall who told it to me, so I don't even know how factual it is, but it really coincides with stuff that you're saying. And well, this you know. is, this is going to add up to a little bit different, but sitting on a chair, whenever you, I, I never have no desire to, but this is foolish on my part, but I didn't sit in it. According to legend, depending on who you ask every single morning, people get up and they go there every single morning. You find ash on the seat of the chair. Literally every single morning. That should tell you something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. That's crazy. Oh, it's central Florida in these parts is very interesting and it never stops. The stories you hear all the time, it just got to know where to look. But whenever you find, whenever you find that sort of thing, you're really going to find it. And like I said, Central Florida is a hotbed for that. And, it is. Mm-hmm. And it you is find definitely. a whole, and you find a whole collection of people through thick and thin of the metaphysical community all over the place. Now you go to other, you go to other places in the state. No, 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 no. I am not a get about that. And then you go to South Florida, maybe. Central Florida, no, I do not want to talk about this. I don't need nightmares. And that's a di- that's a lot of people. And, and that's a lot of people. But the metaphysical community in Central Florida is strong. Very and, strong. Mm-hmm. Very. And so most of us are there for each other. There are those who don't give a crap about anyone or anything else. But the thing is, most of us, most of the time, know where to look for one another. And right. so that's how it goes there. 
Yeah, and I think too, you know, when you talk about Central Florida, um, I'm over here on, you know, the west coast of Florida. Um, I'm parallel directly across from St. Augustine, maybe within two hours and change. Mm-hmm. Um, everything around me rolls right back to Indian burial. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do check out our YouTube channel, you can go to our um, videos that we filmed in 2019. It was a 16 series web series. Um, the trailer's mm-hmm. posted at the top of the page of our uh, YouTube, but then it goes into different videos. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I've, I've posted other stuff since 2019, but you can find the videos of this trailer because the segment's called Haunted Florida. And um, we have a video there that um, talks about the uh, Sandler house in Palm Beach. And it was kind of mm-hmm. like a, a sizzle trailer um, that was done. And um, the homeowner agreed to be interviewed um, in that segment. And I, I want to make clear that if anybody's watching this and they roll up on the video where um, it talks about the Sandler house in Palm beach, which is a yellow home. And then it gets into the fact that I only have four team members that was done strictly for a sizzle reel um, that we did. But um, the story that comes out of that by the homeowner, everything that she describes when the production person did this, um, all of the video content behind it is actual stuff. Um, there were graves there and a big swatch of property near the Lake Jackson area was dug. And during the time that it was dug to make residential areas, whatever they dug out of the ground, all of that was distributed along the land masses and the homes were built on top. So, yeah. So all of that content was dug up and distributed. Um, we're not talking, I, I don't think it, they were referring to like bones and stuff like that, but let's face it. Um, everywhere you go these days, because of such great population, they're building mm-hmm. on every stretch of property. And um, even in our area, there is a cemetery that a road now runs through. Well, back in the day, I'm pretty certain with everything in me that the cemetery connected from the left to the right side of the street. And then they just put the road through because when they started to clear the other side to put a development in there, guess what happened? Headstones started popping up all over the place. And now the whole build is on hold. You know, it goes back to that movie poltergeist. Um, You can move the stones, but if you don't move the bodies, they don't do Mm -hmm. you no good. No, this is a perfect example of this because there's stuff under the ground there. And I mean, especially Indian burial, it's very sacred. Mm. You know, that's a very sacred and a very fine line. You don't, first of all, you shouldn't even step on a grave to begin with. It's just total disrespect. But on an Indian burial site, you shouldn't even be messing with that. My um, husband's family in Kentucky one of his aunts owned a large swatch of property. And I remember walking through this 65 acres and off on the side, his uncle would say, see that right there? That's an Indian grave. And you can tell because of the way it was. Um, They were never touched. 
But then after they passed away and the family sold off the property, guess what? Development comes in. So, and I do believe this is a, another reason why we have um, haunted locations sometimes, different things that happen because, mm-hmm. you know, graves are either removed or desecrated and depending on how you want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you should never desecrate a grave no matter what it is. No. Um, well, you know. That's disrespecting not only the the what was living and now is soul into you know, and then they're just going to stick around until something's built and then make everybody's life miserable. Exactly. And, and again, it comes back to the fact that we can't change that population is changing and that they are moving stuff. But if you ever check out those videos, um, the homeowner speaking there, that's real deal. That's very authentic. That's actually the same house where LaDonna almost got yeah. cracked in the head by the camera. But um, she's telling stuff that has been researched so it's not been fabricated in any way and lake jackson sits within less than just not even a three mile Mm -hmm. section of her house well i've heard of something um i try get i i did some day stuff but there's a graveyard in in the land more like uh lake hill and the land area very close to it now, you've heard of I-4, the road of death, yes. as I call it. Yeah. But there's a graveyard. There's a graveyard that was, they segregated even, that unfortunately, how wrong this was. But they segregated black people from white people uh, from each other, even, even after death and everything. And so, I don't know the exact same amount of circumstances, but... I went over there and there was this graveyard and I went over to it and keep in mind, there's been a lot of accidents on this area. I go in there and I'm showing Linda on somewhat of a bright uh, broadcast and I'm showing mm-hmm. these graves and this and that people that are sensitive or sen- anybody who saw it sensitive wise, they, yeah. they're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, Sam, can you turn around? Can you turn around? Let, let me see that. Stop the camera. Stop it. And it's just like talking to a three-year-old. No, 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 no. And so she, so Linda's sitting there seeing this. No, Sam, stop. No, no, go back. No, go forward. And so <laughs> like I said, talking to a three-year-old. So I would be doing that. But keep in mind, my friends, uh, we're doing that. But the thing was, the thing was, we're taking a look, and then we see some gentlemen. So we're leaving. I ride a scooter, which I love that thing and everything. And so we're taking a look. We're taking a look at it. And then, un- unfortunately, we see a no, trespa- uh, no trespassing sign. I'm like right. thinking. And these gentlemen in a big red pickup truck, and we're talking big, about four people in the bed of it and about three people in the front were like, okay, we can no longer come back here. <laughs> now here's the thing with the research, the research and everything. What unfor- keep in mind, like I said, I call I for the road of death for a reason. We're going so I'm doing some research in this and that and comes to find out that was only half the graveyard. Only half of it. The other half, the other half, um, 
they built, they expanded I-4 ages ago and right over top of the rest of the graveyard, yeah. over top of it. And the thing is, and the thing is, you're sitting there on that road. You're sitting there near that road. And every so often, and they celebrate. This is how bad it is. They celebrate whenever there's only seven fatalities during the day. If there's only seven, they think it's something to celebrate. And that's I-4 for now. And so, yeah, that's bad. And let's be honest here, not not everybody's the best drivers. I'm not. Mm. And But the thing was, we're sitting there reading this and that and everything. And the graveyard had been had been has been abandoned from the late early uh, late eighties to the early nineties. Most people most people are not there, and right. we would have loved to have done. Me and my friend would have loved to have done a full scale investigation, but those gentlemen and that big big red pit Ford pickup truck let us know that we should not come back. And I'm gonna, and especially with the gun rack and that, that tells you something. Exactly. And so it's like, it. So I don't want to depart from the world in that sort of way with what they would do. I'm sure you are familiar because you're in Florida with um, the whole um, corridor between Sanford and the Orlando area of what oh, usually sure. happens there. Um, some people say they have no experiences at all. Um, I've lost total communication on that part of the road. Um, I know truck drivers that have, you know, that I've interviewed and asked questions to. Um, have you ever had an experience? Because some have and some haven't. But there are truck drivers that have gone completely offline um, in mm-hmm. that section of, of their And I did the research and I'm sure a lot of people have, Um, you know, there was a family that was there at one time, a home site or something. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not fully prepared to talk about it. But um, I mean, it kind of makes sense. You know, I mean, people say, well, maybe it's the towers. Maybe it's maybe it's something else. But it's gone on for too long. You know, I I don't I don't know about that. I call it the soul phone Bermuda Triangle. You know, and, and that, and it did, it kind of, that was my first thought was like, God, this is like the Bermuda Triangle and I've never been in it. But um, if you are not from Florida or even if you are, you could stand right off the beach in Miami and look straight out and literally dot, dot, and dot. You draw your own <coughs> triangle from the coast to the coast and hmm. you got your triangle so many miles off. Um, yeah. Or, or the redneck Bermuda Triangle, whatever you want to call it. And it's a dime a dozen story. It's so common, whatever. Whenever right. cell phones, whenever cell phones were really getting big, oh my God, what happened? This and that. Nowadays, there are parts of Florida. Oh well, they, they call it complacent. Uh, they call it complacent. It's like no big deal, whatever. We're just going to lose signal. But then there's other parts where oh my. Ah, he froze. Samuel. So I'm waiting for him to come back. See what happens when we talk about something like this, and now he's frozen. There he is. There he is. He's back. They forgave (laughs) you and let you come back to speak. (laughs) Well, 
<laughs> well, the thing is, most every single person says either I'm weird or I'm different. And I agree with them. I am a strange, strange person. <laughs> I, I really am. But the thing is, whenever it comes Nothing to ideas, wrong with that. <laughs> but whenever it comes to ideas of thinking of this and thinking of that, um, it gets weird. But for some reason, all the time, it can revolve around the metaphysical in so many ways. And what powers us through this and through that, we have to get used to and be prepared. And so, like I said, in regards to you, I would adore meeting you and your team. I would love that. And I was um, you both froze for a second there now. <laughs> is this working now? What's going on? Are, Are you working, us, Sam? <laughs> but, but you have to remember something. You go over there, Central Florida, it depends on where you look. Now, if you keep looking enough, you're going to find some people that are strange, weird, and unusual. And certain parts of the country, like the Panhandle, um, you tell them certain faith beliefs, they don't care for that too much. Now, you go to Central Florida, so that's the attitude. So, yeah, it varies in Florida without a doubt. the The southern tip of Florida is very multicultured and very, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's there. They they don't care who you are. Um, as you get closer up, you know, you get more into smaller towns and, and tighter mm -hmm. things, different belief systems. Um, you know, even when I first started doing this where I'm at, I, I was worried how it was going to be perceived. But, you know, I know what I do and I know I know what it is. And we also do events and different things like that. So we participate within the community. Um, I don't charge for my services and no, we do workshops. Um, when we do the workshops, they're a little different. Um, but, you know, um, it, it's just wide ranged all over the state. Um, every area has different ways of, of doing things, um, different belief systems, um, different religious beliefs, um, a lot of stuff like that. And I respect all the territory because, you know, um, uh, I just do. And as far as metaphysical science is concerned, um, I've studied metaphysical. I have, um, you know, I've got a degree under my belt in some metaphysical science. So, you know, I, I have researched every religion under the sun. I, I've looked into everything, you know, everything from the Bible to the Quran to Buddhism to whatever, because I feel like in order to really understand every aspect of what I'm doing, I have to understand the people because they're all different mm -hmm. and they come from all different ways of life and beliefs. And you mm -hmm. can't, you can't find a way to work with people if you can't find a way to communicate with them and you have to mm -hmm. understand yeah. them. So I try to bring all of it into the fold and be the one, you know, people person that kind of is mm -hmm. like, you know, I understand your stuff because I've researched it. And right. when I ask questions, I can come back with an answer. I can, you know, give a little, take mm -hmm. a little, but like you said, if you cross over two hours to your side, it's very different because it's so populated now, just like it is in South Florida, that it's just become a metropolis. These mm -hmm. little strongholds, these small towns are still very set in their ways. Um, and I have no problem with that. You know, I, I, we work well in this town. Um, I love the people here. They've reciprocated very well to what we do. They support us. They invite us to their events. And, um, you know, 
there's a lot of history here. This was an outlaw town. So a lot of things mm-hmm. have happened. Um, That's true. And we're still trying to dig and find stuff because it goes back to the early 1800s. There's not a lot of records. So there's just a lot of research that has to be done. But I find that even in other parts of the country, there's so much stuff. There's so much history. Um, my family is originally from upstate New York. Um, I was I've, born in Rome, New York, but oh, wow. I left my umbilical cord there at a very early age and I was <laughs> raised in Miami. So I came to Florida at four years old. So this is the only home I really know. But um, there's a lot of history up north, too. Obviously, you can vouch for that because of where you are and all of the old buildings and all the stuff there. So it's um, there's a lot there. It's it's everywhere, you know. Um, I do believe, like I tell everybody, you never know how much history is in your state until you research until you start digging around you know um we have a historical society in our town unfortunately Mm -hmm. it's been closed for a while because of covid and i think it opened back up um but if you want to find out anything you can go right in there and find it and i was actually shocked there's a part of my husband's family's history is actually in the historical society in this town um which was like really um, yeah, and his family was tied to um, Burroughs adding machines. And so there's a couple of them in the historical society. I thought that was really cool. But I've also investigated the historical society. Oh, God, if anybody's watching this. Um, and yeah, you know, things go bump in the night there, too. Believe yeah. it or not. Well, yeah. Well, I think I think the biggest thing uh, Linda has seen what I've done, I like to I like to get down and filthy, depending on the subject matter of what I'm going to be uh, establishing. Now, there's a place, my, I know I've talked about this a few times, but my favorite place in the land is a state park called Hontoon Island. Hontoon Island, before European settlers came in, it had a civilization that was 16,000 years old. Literally 16,000, not 1,600. And they lived with themselves rather peacefully and everything. Now there's a place on there called the shell mound. Now I wasn't there. I was just starting out. I was taking, I was using my phone and I'm taking, and I'm taking footage. I'm using my K2 meter and Linda is like, Oh my God. Cause it was just like it over there. It was just flashing oh, yeah. like crazy. I mean, it, it was pretty interesting. So it's like, I'm trying to pay attention with my phone. Then the K2 is going off. The spirit box was going off and all this other stuff. And so, like I said, we're sitting there, we're looking at this. And so the power, not the power, but the signal was so strong. It kept that it kept my phone on and off. It would just kept my phone going on and off. And Linda was just like, whoa, no, stop. It, it was. Like it I had a lot of activity there. Wow. And she's, and she's floored by it. She's over the top floored by it. And so the rest of the audience were getting annoyed because the signal was on and off. It's like, oh, my God, you got to see this. It was mm-hmm. on and off. And so it's like, see, I'm just take footage. And they cut me off. And they're sitting there like, just 
turn on, do, do not stop rolling the tape. Just keep going, but we're not going to get a signal, but keep going. Right. And so. A and lot of so, good videos. So Sam, do you want to start reading your report? Only if I have your permission. Go for Bad it. Joke. Bad joke. <laughs> All right. Let me start doing that. No, that's not the button. You hit the wrong link. Okay. This is where I'll. Do you see me now? <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. Then I'll start off with the report. Seventh Canvas today is spiritual camp. Uh, spiritual camp is the mystery is that of mystery and, and intrigue. Casadega is a place is a place in Florida within the county of Volusia. It is sort of diverse, and yet it, it's not. The place has uh, a lot of meaning to a lot of people. In Casadega, there's a lot of meaning, but different ways to many different types of people. People say there's a place to lay your hat uh, or just call it home. Many people consider it a place of mutual understanding, tolerance, and acceptance. It is a place of peace that many of many and also of faiths that are really diverse. To a degree, whether you think and feel no matter how you think or feel, you will not be judged negatively, and all are welcome. Part of Casadega is called Southern Casadega Spiritualist Camp. The place was founded by a gentleman named George P. Colby. Mr. Colby lived from 1848 to 1930. He froze again. Gotta love the internet. And he brought about a sort of change in him that started him down the hill of intuitive abilities. He was known for healing abilities and also being a clairvoyant. A clairvoyant is that uh, that able to see certain events in the future and beyond. He told that one day he was told one day that he would start a spiritual camp, spiritualist camp, in the southern United States. Mr. Colby had left the Baptist Church in 1867 after leaving the visited various spiritual cent- spiritualist centers and was also making a living doing de- demonstrations in the way of being a medium. He had, he had learned and uh, graciously received the help of spiritual, uh, spiritual guides. One of the guides was named Seneca. The spirit directed him to go to Wisconsin and to meet with an individual named T.D. Giddings. They found a place in Florida that had seven hills in that seven hills. In that area, in 1880, applied for a homestead grant, and in 1884, he was awarded with 145 acres. He he was assisted by people that in that place. Uh, in the place called Lilydale, this was a spiritual camp, a spiritualist camp in New York. This was mostly done by the founders and Mr. Colby. On a different note, a spiritualist is somebody that is an advocate that an advocate that spirit exists in a different form of matter, and spirit it, it, it is the true reality. And saying this, spiritualism is the potential and possible ability of communication with that of the dead. A spiritualist is someone that defends uh, defends matter in a whole sense. Science, philosophy, religion, on the idea of life continuing, or even after the great change, death, uh, 
all beings are there are that of energy to some degree, especially on that is called the material plane. Once the body has passed away, passed away, the energy source of that drives the body continues. The philosophy started in the 1880s in March 14th of 1991. The place was declared a U.S. historical site. Casadega is a Seneca Indian word for water beneath the rocks. People have said it is the psychic capital of the world. People from many parts of the nation and the world come here. Those people come from uh, those people come here from far, from very far, and a glance for enlightenment. But as said, Southern Casadega spiritualist camp is about spiritualism. The law of conservation, uh, laws of conservation of energy support spiritualism. The reason is that matter may neither be created nor destroyed, but it can be changed or transmuted. This is the law of physics that has never been successfully disproven, nor has it been changed and still stays airtight. In many ways, this law of physics can be considered the prime force that that drives spiritualists on their commitment of their faith. Certain emotions can come up uh, up on the drive, certain spirits okay. or entities. Yes. Let me pause you right there. So, okay. Miss Denise, you have five minutes. I was just going to uh, thank you for coming in. I didn't want to interrupt Sam, but. <laughs> you are so welcome. Uh, it was very, very nice to meet you. And I hope to do this again. And, Absolutely. Uh, let Absolutely. us know when your book comes out, and I'd be more than happy to read it. Ah, I'd be good. more than happy to share it, and I do appreciate you guys very much. Sam, your report is really interesting, and I hope that people continue to listen to it even after I leave. Um, it touches on so much of the importance of what goes on in the spiritual community known as Casadega and all things that go on here in Florida, and it really helps those of us that have gifts Um, help people have a better understanding of what they are and why we have them. And that I truly do believe that some of us are just naturally blessed with them because that's just how it came about. Um, But it was an honor and a pleasure to be here and to finally meet you. Linda, thank you so much. Um, And I will continue to stay in touch with you guys. Absolutely. Uh And hope I can get used to uh, out on investigation with your team and Absolutely. I think that would be an absolutely fantastic experience. We like to work with other groups. Um, we take guests on our investigations. And a lot of people have asked that. The only ones that I'm limited to sometimes are some of the in-home investigations on the client yeah, side with people that are not in paranormal. But um, if it's a, a group or a research group that likes to get involved, we're really open to uh, um, sharing all that information and taking people along. And we plan to be over on your side of the town soon, Samuel. We are, we've been talking about heading back to St. Augustine area um, because we did do an investigation there, um, exclusive investigation in the jail where it was just the team, no guides, no nothing. Um, And that was really interesting. I think it was two years ago, but we plan on heading back and we're hoping to either do the lighthouse or go back to the jail. So when we're in the area, we will definitely look you up. 
Well, Absolutely. I'd be, I would definitely be honored. And if you need contact information, just let me know. I and will. It's been, like I said, I repeat myself too damn much, but it's been an honor and a privilege talking. Thank to you. Me. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys very much having me here. Not a problem. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, tell us, telling us your story. And we'll appreciate talk it. later. Thank you. Have a good okay. night, everybody. You too. Bye-bye. All right, Sam, I am going to hop you on as full screen. I am going to hop off and give you the floor. I'm going to be in the chat, guys. I won't be gone. I will just be sitting in the background so Samuel could finish his uh, continue his report. And I really hope you guys enjoy our first company stream. I am really excited for this. So let me know what you guys think. Well, I'll take it from here, I guess, where I was. People that have said it is the psychic capital of the world. People from many parts of the, uh, the nation and the world come here. Those pl- those people come here for at, at a glance for enlightenment. But as said, Southern Castaic spiritual camp is about spiritualism. The law uh, the the law of conservation of energy supports spiritualism. That is the law of physics that can be that matter can neither be created nor destroyed, but can be changed or transmuted. This law of physics has never been successfully disproven or changed, and still stays airtight to this day. In many ways, this law of physics can be considered the prime force that drives spiritualism, spiritualists, on the commitment of their faith. Certain emotions can come up that drive certain spirits or entities to do various things. <clears throat> they can also be, they can also affect certain things such as uh, batteries, cell phones, cameras, and other things that require energy. Spiritual, uh, supernatural entities can be also be, take energy from us and us in this form of emotions. Um, oftentimes, higher ne- higher levels of vibrations can be activated with strong emotions, happiness, joy, love, gratitude. Those those emotions can carry on and do wonders for entities, spirits, and whatever energy uh, energies carries on, which helps anything and everything. Uh, these are, okay. In certain ways, spirituality is the concept of embracing and benefiting all. Added on to that, the, fe- the effects of these emotions and, and energies have a lasting effect on everything. A psychic is used to describe someone that is able to do things in a sort of supernatural way. Many psychics can be said to predict the future, also to understand how uh, know what, what a person is and thinking and to send and receive messages from that from those that have passed away. So many of those abilities cannot be classified as modern science as to how they are able to do this, that sort of thing. Another description of, of uh, another description of being psychic is called intuitive. People that are considered to be intuitive is a sort of uh, having a gut instinct that is considered right about many different subjects. But
cannot be explained by conventional exam associated with ESP extrasensory perception. It is, uh, uh, it is also known in odd ways, such as a child knowing about times and situations where the child would have no clue or have been there to know the details of the incident. Uh, the, then there is the concept of empathy, too. Empathy is the ability to understand someone on an emotional level because of the similar experiences of, of conventional science. Uh, empaths are different in theory. They understand people on an emotional level and can feel what the person feels without have even without even having any experience with that was involved in the situation. They can understand joy, happiness, anger, rage, sadness, pain, and many other things. They can go into a room full of people and feel overwhelmed because of the different emotions and experiences uh, of what they're all having. Many empaths do what they can to solve those problems so that the person, so that person of empathy does not feel those emotions and may, and maybe one is feeling. In Casadega, uh, faith healing is not just of one faith. People that are in this world, there are various other types of faiths and practices that may be considered looked down upon and also held in high regard. One of those practices, uh, something is called faith healing. It's considered to be activated through prayer and certain gestures. Another theory is that it is used the divine intervention. It is theorized people that people summon a spirit or spirits, even even sometimes that of a higher being, to allow the entity to work with work through them. Some. Let me try to get my place. Uh, some speculate that faith healing can be used to cure a disability or permanent conditions that Western medical science has said has been incurable. Many faiths have claimed to use that faith healing. Uh, certain Christian sects, sects, Islam, Buddhism, Scientology, many others. The, uh, the reason most people turn to faith healing is because they've exhausted the resources that medical, Western medical so sources has, well, basically, Western medical sources have not been able to do. Next part of this is mostly word of mouth. A group of people in just many every corner of Earth uh, of the earth is the LGBTQ community. Casadega, like I said, is, like I said, has a neutral type feel to it. People that are of this community are welcome here. They do not get bad mouth that look down upon. People that go there are, are welcomes universally. The residents there do not look down on anyone or, and are over the top respectful as long as it is returned. They do not care what kind of stuff they see people as human beings and treat them accordingly. Like if anyone has to get attacked in some sort of, the residents call the police and step in and consider the seriousness. Like as mentioned before, people in this community are, uh, are welcomed in neutral aspect because they are human beings. In a general way of saying this, of saying all this, Casadego allows you to be yourself in anything and everything you do. You can wear a cross, an onk, a star of David, or even a pentacle. 
you are welcome there. People that have certain abilities, if you think about it, are by no are by no means unwelcome. You're free to be yourself and sometimes help others out if you choose to. Even people that have gifts, they come in and to get a, a reading done, and even sometimes to question themselves about uh, question themselves if they're real the real thing or not. You have another community, the LGBTQ community. Most people that want to know, want to know where they belong there in a simple way, how they fit in. They do a lot of soul searching and find their identity and to find out the place. Casadega that has done that before with many people from all walks of life. One of the many sites uh, there is the Fairy Trail. The trail is the, is the beginnings of the corner of Seneca and Chauncey. Over there lives an entire fantasy group of people, pixies, gnomes, gnomes, salamanders, and others. Pe- uh, people, call them, uh, people call them elementals, many, uh, mainly because, of been on, because they've been on Earth for a very long time. Oftentimes, they're also called fairies. Fairies have certain appearances and, that resemble humans. A sense of mischief, mischief, and with magical powers that are known and unknown of their full potential. The trail has a lot of things that belong to people that would have been thrown out. Instead, they were given the purpose of making the trail and to give it a certain charm. Many people walk in, they see some sort of entrance that, uh, that most people are unable to imagine. Walking in, you have knickknacks, charms, and even toys, uh, and even toys of various kinds that no one uh, else uses. In a certain way, people feel positively stunned. It has been a char- it's been a calming factor to it, and at times, people feel better when they leave. People sometimes have not been known to leave offerings for the elementals uh, to sometimes get answers or even clarity for their day-to-day struggles. Another part, another thing that people are able to do are able to do is spiritual investigations. A person that does that sort of thing can start can start sort of a class class and give explanations and give background story or stories as to what spiritualism and the effects of certain emotions have on the living and everything else there then there is the start of the walk as to where the resident of the spiritual camp takes you through during the day uh you may pass through pass through certain places and not even think anything of them but the night spiritual camp is a different feel people feel different uh, feel different and nothing during the tour is of a group feeling is nothing of a group feeling, but is mostly individual and different individual feelings. Taking pictures is strongly encouraged and, uh, and to take a lots of them. People come from various types of, with various types of cameras, regular cameras, phone cameras. As said before, all results of what is taken picture wise is individual. Some of these images can be taken uh, can be taken of potential fairies, different colored orbs, 
and, and sometimes even ectoplasm. Then there comes the devil's chair, which is actually a Lake Helen, but sort of Casadega sort of thing to do. The legend of legends of the devil's chair is mostly word of mouth by local folklore. According to legend, people say, people say that if you sit in a chair, the prince of darkness will, call, will grant you a minor miracle in exchange for your soul. People that I have met that have sat in it have had, have had health problems or have claimed to have health problems after sitting in it. Another part of the legend is that the chair every single morning, if not none have sat in it during the day, there is skeptics. Let me try and reread that again. Many people that I have met that have sat in it have had bad health problems, or have claimed to have bad health problems after sitting in it. Another part of the legend is that the ash is on the chair every single morning if no one is sat in it. There are skeptics that are all that are also re residents that say that the legend has been made up. What is interesting is that most of the residents that do not uh, want to be want to name that said the legend has been up has been made up to draw in more tourists. Often at times, people that have said that. They have seen dark figures that come from various parts of shadows during the day. The church in Casadega is that of neutral ground, and everyone is welcome. The church is called the Colby Memorial Temple. is on Stephen Street, Stevens Street. It is not that of one faith and one concept. It is of anything and everything. Everything. And speakers, musical, and messages from the heart, and is meant to be that of uh, be that of the individual. Within that church lies the séance room. Séance room. The séance room has been there since 1923. The main purpose of the room is to communicate with the dead. It is rumored that to have uh, rivers of ectoplasm through it through its interior along with strange shapes and spirits that many revolve around the living and those that communicate with the living. Many different people that have communication between that of the living and that of the dead say that, they're, say that the room in the church, say that the veil is between those two worlds is already thin, but even thinner in that room than most people realize. <coughs> When you can, when you can say when you can say a ritual is done, no, no written record is kept uh, within that room. The people that go there to do this believe that privacy, and this is out of respect to the other person who is wanting this done. By word of mouth, seemingly every sentence is an individual experience. As mentioned before, there is no written record of the ritual. And uh, another thing is that not allowed is anything of recording device. People are asked not to do this, but also out of respect for not just the living's privacy, but also uh, privacy towards the deceased. The Casadega Hotel is another landmark. The hotel was built in 1909, I mean 1901, and a lot of vintage type things such as the circling sofa 
that dates back to 1883. Many types of retro lamps that are almost impossible to find and even, uh, and even beautiful tapestries. The hotel burned to the ground in uh, 1925, but was rebuilt in 1927. Many people have claimed to see have claimed to see spirits or even entities there. Some have claimed to have seen a man in black in a black suit that was sort of like close to being transparent. Children are not allowed to stay overnight in a hotel, but they can because they can be uh, disruptive and sometimes disruptive. Destructive. But with all this, guests have questions. Question hotel workers and the owner on why they allow children at the hotel. Uh, several pe- different people claim to see orbs. Many people that are intuitive or psychic schedule readings within the hotel. Some are certified and some are not, uh, but all are but all are talented. Many people go to hotel. Uh, many people go to the hotel for various reasons. Some of them obviously go to spend a quiet night at the hotel. Many people go to the hotel to do business with intuitive people, and others go to the hotel to spend a bit of time looking, uh, time looking for adventure, and what they regard in the way of strange, supernatural, and unknown. In a general sense, the founders, especially Mister Colby, found a place that was start that was sort. Found a place that was the start of the ideals and the ideals and concepts of spiritualism. Over the decades and further, he did not find a place that was strictly of spiritualism. He found a place that was of everyone. Southern Casadega Spiritualist Camp is that of neutral ground, but at the same time as an oasis for those that are different. The history, the history, and is rich. The history is rich with all parts of the camp. There are things that to do that involve not just the supernatural, but also a place that is a haven for many groups, including the LGBTQ community. Also, they have wanted to. They have wanted to something to coexist with everyone. There are those that have supernatural abilities and people that are that very few people have on the planet. And then there's a then there are those of a higher calling to become part of the camp and those that wish to protect the camp. The there are activities that are not to stimulate the spirit but of the mind. Uh, certain attractions you can get anywhere and can get anywhere in most of the south and Florida reside there. Place that the place goes beyond expectation and haunting people, but that of the ability of welcoming those uh, from the far and wide. So, uh, what do you guys think? That was really, really good. Thinking, uh, says the information is very interesting, he enjoyed it. Um, and then he <laughs> thinking goes, why do you think Samuel is being frozen at times? Well, <laughs> that's because of where he is in Florida. Mm. And that is also because, uh, internet sucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what, um, 
experience did you have with when you went to the devil's chair? How did you feel about that? Well, it's not that I'm for against the devil, not for him, not against him. But if he wants something of his own, I will let him have something of his own. And if he wants that chair to himself, he can have the chair to himself. I'm not intruding on his property. And so if I I have no desire to make the guy mad or any demon or whatever, I will show my respect and keep my ass off of it. Mm-hmm. So, but in all honesty, I met a lot, of, but in a more serious way, I met a lot of people that have had problems after sitting in it. And people that have gotten hurt, people that gotten sick. Um, I've heard people have mental breakdowns, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Now, added on to it, that graveyard, keep that in mind with that graveyard, you could be taking pictures. You could be taking pictures here and there. And you can freshly charge your camera uh, with a digital camera, have it freshly charged. And, and as good if not great as your camera is it can go it can become a big paperweight within minutes after being there that's an understatement that's a polite understatement it's effective but yeah you go there like i said you go there you are to expect the unexpected whenever it comes that sort of thing um what else would you guys like to know um, hold on, let's see. It's silent. Hello. Oh, Lincoln says hi. <laughs> He's back here. Um, Thinkin did comment later, earlier on, and this is sad, I just read it. Not far from his house, uh, the Army Corps... Of, of engineers flooded the city. Now bodies are coming up out of the lake. That is sad. That is really wow. sad to hear. Where is this at? This is in Georgia. Wow. So that, that was pretty sad. If you guys have any questions for Samuel, uh, yeah. please put them in the chat. I have been writing down. The only one that I have was the frozen in time. Well, well, I did do a ghost tour. I did do a ghost tour recently, and I loved every bit of it. They had a information sort of thing that you had in the beginning. You go in there, and you go in there, and they show you the power of emotions and this and that and everything, how it can stimulate things in an electrical sort of way. But what's interesting is whenever you get out there and you start walking here and there, uh, Linda and Chad can tell you something dramatic whenever they saw my pictures. There was a, just a few orbs, just a little tiny. No, there was a lot. There was a lot of orbs. Now, on those pictures with the orbs, uh, some of them here and there were very, very different very unique, very different. Uh, most people that follow me in Chad and Linda and other and the paranormal community, they'll see orbs here and there. And orbs are 
Every now and then you'll see orbs fly across my head or in front of my face, behind me. They're everywhere. And everything. Well, the thing is, is that you see those orbs, you see those orbs over there. And people will say they see uh, like a really light color blue or very shaded white. Now, what are what you could be seeing over there are brown orbs, uh, Mm -hmm. brown orbs. You can sit there and see it. And it's like, what the heck? You're sitting there and you're looking at it. There are all these orbs all over the place here and there. You could take two pictures. You could take two pictures and uh, one, there's nothing. The exact second later, you see 15 orbs at the same time. You could see brown ones, red ones, and this and that. Now, you keep walking on that tour. You keep walking down that tour. There is a lake. Gorgeous, gorgeous lake. And it also is close to a gazebo. But they take you out there and they tell you to stand. They tell you to stand um, on this indentation on the ground. And you close your eyes. You hold your hands up like this, but more spread out, of course. And you hold them and close your eyes and let people take pictures. Guess what? You're having, you're going to have some company. Most people did. And you caught, you actually caught it in two pictures. I caught more than that. You should have seen the worst. Oh, I saw it. Yeah. And there was a lot. And there were other people. The other people were having a lot more than that. And so if you're, so if you're going out there and you're seeing all of this, you're seeing these orbs left and right, energies coming up left and right. You're taking a look at it, and it's coming all over the place. Now, that's part of it. That's part of it. Now, this is different for a lot of people. You go over there, and this is not uh, this is not just stereotypical, but people that have a bad day after going to get before going to Casadega, they find some amount of peace. And it's and they go there, they find some amount of peace, and they feel better. It's like they're having a stressful day. Um, they can go from wicked to neutral in that sort of way, and they calm down. And it's like they feel a sense of why was I acting so crazy and this and that, and they and they calm down and tone down dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, and they calm down, and they tone down. And people go there and this and that. Then you see buildings having this happen, that happen. The history is over the top. Now, the thing is with Casadega, most people don't understand this. It's not that they are for this. It's not that they are for that. They're more along the lines of neutral territory. They're more along the lines of spiritually neutral territory over there and with that neutrality you're welcome to do what you want you can spend your money and this and that just don't act like an idiot don't ruin our town just have some common sense and enjoy and we and we will be just fine and right. it's very rare if ever you hear people acting like foolish on that sort of thing and so like i said you go there um 
you go there and things are a little better. So thinking had a question, Samuel, have the spirits swayed you not to move out of Florida? It's not necessarily that. It's not necessarily <laughs> that. I get where people are coming from. It's not necessarily the spirits. It's just, I guess, I guess you can say, I want to change. Uh, I want to change. I want something different and everything. Um, I had two places I had in mind. Um, my lovely hosts, I will never never name their names, but they were nothing <laughs> I who more. They be. <laughs> I don't know, but they're invisible. But they were pretty darn good to me through thick and thin, and they still continue to be that and everything. And I'm sitting there like, oh, God, if they're all like that, I, I don't know what to do. Then I have my friends that are in Oregon, and they have been amazing, too. My ex-wife is there. And me and my ex-wife are very great friends now. And so the thing was, is that the thing was, I have certain advantages here and there of this and that. But the thing is, if things don't work out in Oregon, I know two people will take me in, but I can't remember their names. I just can't. But, <laughs> but the thing is, is that with, the thing is, Maryland, there is charm. There is this. There is that. But back to what I was saying while Miss Denise was on there and everything, there are some wonders and there are some genuine horrors that, ha that have happened in Central Florida and this and that. Some of them are great. Some of them are fantastic. Some of them are of a darker nature that I will never discuss with any of you because I care about you <laughs> But the thing is, but the thing is, the family over the Smith family have always been excellent to me. Even just barely talking, especially me and Linda, our tail ends are just talking up a storm until our throats get sore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, Chad has been a champion to me and everything and has been nothing more than great to me. And I, it's like me and him started a bromance of really good friends sitting there talking smack and this and that. And some reason you two are, you two have been nothing more than a brilliant couple. And it's like, where the hell do I find more of these people at? Where the hell do I find them? Sorry. We're one of a kind. I don't think you can coin us. Can we're not, we're not a coinable couple. Are we? That's the thing. That's the thing. I can't, I can't find enough great people like you. I have to find different people. If you guys were cloned to Holy Hell, yeah, my tail end would be moving over there. <laughs> but in all honesty, in all honesty, with all that in Florida, it's an adventure, but you have to take a lot of, you've got to take a lot of things in consideration through thick and thin um, in Florida. The places, the places are not the place is not easy, but it's a challenge and everything. Central Florida is different because one minute you, it can range from part political to science to various cultures and this, this, and this. Nothing is in Central Florida. Nothing is universal. Nothing is the same. And it's amazing, but you got to be careful. And 
but Casadega is spiritually the oasis of the desert. Yeah. So mom, being smart as she is, says uh, he can't handle the cold in Maryland. That is why he's not leaving Florida. <laughs> well, if you <laughs> haven't listened, he actually is, but he's not coming to Maryland. So. <laughs> but I, but with the people that I met, <laughs> the few people that I met in Maryland, it's like, well, if you people were all the same, that would have been no problem. That would have been no big deal. I would have been over there. Mm-hmm. But as rules go on, you got to follow your lease of this and that, and you have mm-hmm. to, and you have to stay true to it and thought through it, and you have to stick to it. And so another thing also, uh, like I said, when you're, if you're doing an adventure, whatever you want to call it, no matter what you want to sit there and call anything, you have to be prepared. Uh, like, and every single time I go to Haunting Island, I bundle up, pack up tight and I stick to what I'm saying. And that's part of Florida is being prepared and Chad and Linda welcome that completely with hugely open arms. Absolutely. They, they opened up the concept of it. And so that's how it went. That's how it goes. And that's how it went. Um, uh, it is, it, the teachings of Florida can be universal. And how can I put this? People, people that all from all places, you will learn a lot. But in the town of Casadega, it, it's... Yeah. Yeah, froze. Come back. It's hugely... They're all over the place, faith-wise. And so, you're forced to have an open mind there. Yeah. So... Before I do our ending video, because we are almost to that point, we did wonderful. If you guys uh, enjoy this, please subscribe either on Twitch or YouTube. You can also check us up on our Facebook. We do have a company site. It is kind of long, but (laughs) you can find us under the Smith Fam, Family Paranormal. And uh, if you are interested in joining our team and branching out and finding out what is in your state, please let us know. If you are interested in going on investigations, please let us know. We'd be more than happy to add you to our team. Uh, Right now, there's just the four of us, including me, Chad, Samuel, and Tiffany. Um, Tiffany is our daughter. She will be helping with the advertisement part. Samuel will be in our researcher, and Chad and I will be doing our research and investigations as well as Samuel. So if you would like to be part of that, please let us know. And Austin, but, you know, <laughs> Austin really doesn't do too much. I mean, he likes to ex- the explore part. I don't know. He'll get there. But, again, if you guys would like, please uh, let us know. You can do through Facebook. Or our business site. I did just add a lot more content to our shop as well. 
down here so you guys can check that out. Um, if there's any other questions, please let us know. Um, our next show is the Intercourts coming up this Thursday. You guys can check that out. And then the following Thursday, I will have my report, or should I say, Chad and I, because I do the research, he does the reading. So you guys can check us there. Please stay tuned. I am going to get ready to play the video. And the, this video has all of the pictures that Samuel has took on his floor and his research for this report. But I do appreciate everybody coming in. Love and support. So, long link. Samuel, if you would like to go ahead and mute yourself, I will go ahead and play this.
Hello. Damn you. Okay. I'm just wait. I'm waiting. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, pictures that Samuel did. We do greatly appreciate all the work that he does. His pictures are great. Um, he has had some absolutely great experiences and report, and his wording is on point. So we are going to get ready to hop off. You guys, if you are not on our company um, Facebook, which is Smith Family Paranormal, go ahead and hop over there and share a like and a thumbs up. I will be putting all of the report stuff from here, pictures and all, over there as of tonight. So if you guys want to get back and, you know, zoom into a picture, <coughs> the lady that's out there like this is the one that Samuel's talking about right here on her side in the grassy area. You do see a figure. So that was pretty cool, and you caught that in both the pictures that you took over. So that was fantastic. Um, but until, yes, uh, thank you, thinking you. you're so sweet. But until then, I will see you guys on the next. Stay safe and healthy, and we love y'all. Bye. Samuel, don't go nowhere.